Welcome to Piece by Piece, the weekly, almost weekly podcast where we talk about anything from piece of music, piece of clothing, piece of art, ultimately peace of mind. What has brought us peace of mind? Um, my name is Walter, and I'm joined, as always, by my uh, lovely uh, boy co-host, Cage. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you. I needed that. Absolutely. Um, it's always a pleasure, man. And weekly, almost weekly. <laughs> yeah, we're we're new, and I feel like it's it's tough just to give it like a little bit of information. Like I remember when I was looking up podcasts and researching podcasts before we made it, and I was like, oh, there's so many podcasts out there that made like ten episodes and then died and never made any more. <laughs> and I was yeah. always like, I don't, you know, I want to make sure that that's not me isn't so easy all the time to to keep on a tight schedule with this sort of thing or a weekly schedule i should say um you know doing it doing it together and especially because it it's around mental health and i think we both really want to prioritize like doing this as a way to bring ourselves like some real peace in our own like personal lives too as a creative project it can be hard to be like oh well i should do i still need to do it out of obligation also um i don't i don't think it feels like an obligation it doesn't for me either but it feels but i feel bad missing a week or two weeks of recording you know it's a creative outlet but yeah i think this is episode six yeah but to give us some credit we are uh it was the holidays very recently and we're talking about mental health during the holidays and how hard it can be and man we're living through like historic things day after day yeah. historic events ha- dude like what like every day it's something else yeah i know 2021 of course started out very hype like it's i don't know if anybody actually expected 2020 to like fizzle out as an actual like isolated year of badness or um whatever an anomalous year but it definitely is going to be bleeding into this year for a while like 2021 is going to be a a, a very strange year too i'm sure but 100 percent. yeah i think the residue of 2020 is like still the strangest stuff obviously um yeah I, i'm not even sure where to begin but i'll say that at least for me like yeah we were talking in our last two episodes about like mental health around the holidays and i think that I'll just say that for me, there was something about having to spend so much time around, like uh, having to give like a lot of time and energy to to people out of sort of obligation over the holidays. Um, What has been for me like obligation, we've talked about this, but um, made me really feel like taking back my authority over my own time and just cutting off everything. Like... I just stopped doing like doing pretty much anything that I didn't absolutely need to. So I was like not responding to DMs, texts, not answering the phone for anyone I didn't want to as a sort of way of like, you know, feeling like I was back in control of my of how I choose to spend my time after the holidays. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully that like maybe that makes sense. But I think that that was what was made it hard for me to get in the groove and get back into recording right away. Yeah, I couldn't even pinpoint why, like, I wasn't feeling right. I just went through about a week where I just didn't want to talk to anybody, like, whatsoever. Yeah. And then we t- we finally reconnected, and you told me about that. And it really makes sense, because giving your time, like, 
on a mandatory basis. I'm not going to call it mandatory, but you know, the holidays, there's expectations and things like that. You don't always do exactly what you want all the time. Yeah. After the fact, you just kind of ball up like an armadillo. Exactly. Yeah. Like my therapist was saying that it's, it was just affirming me in this, like, it's a very reptilian thing, you know, like you go through a period of time where you feel sort of, I don't know, not threatened, but where you are sort of in survival mode a little bit. Um, and what do you do after a moment of feeling like you're in survival, like go return to safety, like be sort of, um, take drastic measures to ensure your safety. So for me, yeah, it was like, all right, I just had to talk to a lot of people I didn't really want to talk to or do a lot of things that didn't feel like natural or felt like a performance for me. So now it feels very good to like, just not perform anything and just be totally like, I don't know, uh, just nest a little bit. Oh yeah. But, um, also obviously the, it, I think there was a lot of things happened up, you know, in the new year that made it harder to, to get together and talk to people too. Um, Cage and I, before this like podcast, we're just reminiscing more and more about all the stuff that's happened this year already. Um, and I think that we, we would be remiss without bringing up MF Doom's passing kind of initially um cage mentioned that you know he's been like making little like mf doom references since the beginning of this podcast uh yeah and... my 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 tongue exercise was doritos cheetos and fritos in a couple of the episodes <laughs> we only have five exactly i know um and... and we talked about how mf doom was like our first connection to each other because we started talking about music like immediately yeah 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 and you were so young to like to when I first met you in my eyes, I was like, this, this person's very young to be so into, you know, such good hip hop music. <laughs> like, I think I had a sort of negative just because at the time too, you were like 16. And I remember when I was 16, I was also listening to like this, that same music, but none of my friends were. Yeah. Um, so I think I related to that right away. I was like, Oh, sick. I relate to this position. Um, but, and I know that you too said that, you know, like you listen to that sort of music, even when you had friends who didn't really appreciate it or care about it too. And you're younger. Oh, a hundred percent. I remember my dad got me these, these giant Sony headphones. I was on the bus listening to like all that. And it was like early 2000s. So it was like Taylor Swift, Jonas Brothers, all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was just sitting there like <laughs> listening to Fuji's and Ice Cube and Doom and all this. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I like man, I have so many memories of playing such good music for my friends and them being like, what is this? This isn't good. <laughs> and just being like so confused. I'm sure MF Doom was included in that. Like I only had one friend who was really into hip hop the way that I was when I was younger, um, who would have like appreciated the same things. But yeah, man, it's uh, you ever You ever accidentally kill the vibe playing music you want to hear? Oh my gosh, so many times. <laughs> Like, I can't tell you how many, I feel like social situations and parties and stuff I ruined Yeah. <laughs> just because I was like, I'm going to put on good music, <laughs> but it just, yeah, it completely like takes the air wind out of everybody's sails. I remember my friend, uh, I, I won't say names cause the, the party got way too out of hand and cops ended up coming, Ooh. but it started out just like 10 people chilling in the basement, like all the homies. And I was oxing and it was very chill and laid back. And then before I knew it, there was like 80 plus people here 
because <laughs> somebody put it on Twitter and said open house pool party. But uh, yeah, once everybody was there, I forgot I was still oxing because it was just craziness. And then I just hear uh, out, of, out of the corner of the basement, yo, who the dude killing the vibe playing Isaiah Rashad? So I was like, it's <laughs> like, oh, I mean, fair. Yo, my bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, it's it's selfish, but I just want to see like, like if I was going to do that same thing again, or if I was going to Oxford party again, I would put on every once in a while, I'd throw on like just a banger that I know and, and just look around the room to see if uh, not a banger for the party, but like something that I really love and appreciate that I know is maybe off vibe, but look mm-hmm. around the room to see who is vibing with it and then be like, all right, that's those are my people. Those are my people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's who i'm chilling with exactly but anyway yeah i i wanted to actually talk briefly about like mf doom just because i feel like it's such a rich source of i don't know inspiration like there's you know in your mind is there anything because you know i don't want to be a nathan here and just be like oh we have to you know dedicate so much time to but at the same time I don't know. I feel like we would said this before, but I feel like we would just be uh, remiss if we didn't give a little bit of like credence to this because, man, so many rappers that I've followed and artists that I've followed for such a long time give a lot of their like attribute a lot of inspiration to MF Doom. And I'm wondering, like, what is it do, that you sort of think that makes him such a, a like legendary MC? what makes him uh, your favorite rapper's favorite rapper yeah the uh honestly i think it's the anonymity he really pioneered like putting mm-hmm. out creative projects that was true to himself like uh no label like restrictions just doing it for him and i think that really pioneered a lot of stuff because how many artists do you see now like drop a project and then just go anonymous again like kendrick does it Frank is a friggin' enigma, but like the OG enigma mm. that wasn't like pushing concerts, pushing record sales, pushing t-shirts and everything was was doom. He just came out with a project. He's like, I have enough to provide. Like when inspiration comes again, like I'll work with who I want to work with and yeah, put out more inspiring music. Yeah, I I think that it's really it's it's interesting to me because I feel like there aren't a lot of rappers who can be super innovative with their lyric, with their language and the language they use, like constantly using new references and catchphrases and metaphors and figurative language, um, while also innovating on like how they, you know, put bars together and how they rap over bars, being able to like break off from a rhyme scheme freely and return to it freely without it sounding like unintentional you know yeah yeah feeling like totally liberated and free on a track and like and creating so much music like i was going back and listening to um obviously like a lot of people were listening to a lot of doom and uh i was listening to figaro and i was just like 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 the the production and stuff uh sounds really like great of course for the time but it it's so like i mean there's so much about it that i would say is like low quality like the his voice recording is pretty like 
pretty grungy like the samples are sound a little bit um i don't know like a like they it sounds like old technology but it doesn't matter at all like the song it just slaps so hard still and man there's just so many people that are that try to do you know like put a lot of of weight on their lyrics and can't carry a song to be a banger um off of that alone and it, i don't know it's just it's so inspiring um and i heard uh this was before doom passed away i heard aesop rock talk about like something that he admired a lot about uh mf doom and that was uh just that he mf doom intros every song with so much force like he oh, never yeah. he never like opens a song with like lame lyrics or any like his he, he always immediately hits you with something that uh will blow your mind so that you you know get into it right away um anyway yeah it's just there's so much about his work i think and just that he could be so prolific like make so much music that is uh i don't know it's it's inspiring cross genres for me he definitely wasn't one of the most popular of like that era of rappers whatsoever Mm -hmm. like even up until well now is probably the height which is really sad to say yeah but i don't think a, a lot of people give enough credit for his references in a lot of songs like mm. i was thinking about how he can be nerdy but it that's never... what i was trying to get towards exactly but it never sounds nerdy you know like it's so strange I remember I mean, when people used to make fun of Lupe for talking about like robots and stuff in early Lupe and like Lupe sound always sounded nerdy, but it was his vibe, you know, 100%. MF doom, I feel like makes nerdy references a lot, but he doesn't sound like he, his, I think like his like gravelly voice and his, his tone and stuff like kind of insulate him from ever sounding like he could talk about, I don't know, like utensils and stuff for an entire song and it could still sound hard. Yeah. I mean, at the core of it, his name is even a a nerd culture reference. He's a fantastic four villain. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Anyway, um, we, um, I wonder how many people did get like MF doom tattoos and stuff in this past week. I mean, or past couple of weeks, we know how many, like MF Doom, all the MF Doom memorabilia and like merch and stuff is all gone now, of course. But yeah, I want to give a just want a quick PSA. Fuck the scalpers profiting off of Doom's passing. Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, sorry for strong language. I feel very strongly though. Yeah, I think like and I think a lot of people that are just like, oh, damn, I'm going to go to MF Doom's website, cop all of his merch, and go flip it on Grailed for, a, like, a, a markup. Um, I just can't... I don't really see that as being okay. That's that's really not okay. No. Not, <laughs> at all. It, but that's such, like, a... I don't know. That's such a... cat Like, the root of capitalism, though. It's like, this is an opportunity for profit, so a capitalist should exploit this opportunity for profit, which is, like... Oh, people are going to want this, which means they will pay more for it. There's need, and I can I can gain supply, right? But it's messed up. It's pretty messed I up. Know. I know because I, I just want people that are you know really invested or connect to his music to be able to get good things and not have to then go buy 
like William second, like, um, I don't know, like just now anybody who's printing an MF doom logo on a Gildan shirt <laughs> is like all that people have left to get, go to Redbubble and like get MF doom merch. Like that's, that's lame. If, if I see an MF doom t-shirt in PacSun within the next couple months, I'm making a whole episode ranting about it. A whole episode. That's okay. We can do like a mini sode, you know, where oh, like God. it's just a it's a break between episodes <laughs> for rants. <laughs> I would love that actually. Yeah. Um but yeah, man. Uh and it's crazy, of course, like that MF Doom actually passed on October thirty first, like back on Halloween. Um and of course I mad respect to his family for keeping that like private until they felt like you know it was okay to tell people but um yeah crazy crazy honestly it made it easier to to grieve a little bit knowing that it had happened a a little while ago um yeah i think that that's a pretty good way to approach it uh because otherwise i mean either way i'm sure their family like can you imagine how many people like news outlets were hitting them up trying to get them to give more information about like cause of death and stuff oh Uh, I'm so interested, but still. I respect the privacy, though. The man was only 49. Rest in peace. I I really wanted to hear MF Doom on a track in his 80s. You know what MF Doom's voice would have sounded like when he's old? Amazing. (laughs) It would have sounded sounded incredible, dude. Uh, Like elderly Doom in a Doom mask with like a cane. Man. That would have been so good. You would have strung like 16 bars about this nursing home's doing me wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, not to be, not to get too sad, but yeah. yeah RIP. Hard RIP. Um, but we have a lot of uh, crazy, crazy shit going on. Obviously the begin like beginning of the year started with our presidential coup. Um, I, had asked the boys at the pair of kings podcast a while ago what they would rock to the coop if they went um but from the other side (laughs) like uh not not to go and uh, be a part of this conservative coop but if one was to go and uh try to um i don't know defend or uh stage a, a revolution but uh so they they had some pretty cool answers like suits of armor (laughs) Um, or like some like get some chrome hearts chain mail but oh that'd be a good one yeah but or i think one of them said like they would just get really good boots like to think about like and try to make that a theme because it's all about kicking the president out um (laughs) but i think you could do some good uh bludgeoning with the chrome hearts baby rattle i mean it's made of steel (laughs) or silver yeah Imagine babies just like cracking their skulls with that. Um, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I can't give that to Ari, but I would though if I had it. Um, but the obviously we know that all these like conservative dads get um, fake, ye- like AliExpress Yeezys and uh, oh my god, I <laughs> and wear you saw that animal hats. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I'm not surprised. And then there's lots of like them printing their own shirts with different like racist slogans on them and stuff too um because you know they organize this shit on a facebook group so let's uh let's not get too political with it though that's also a very depressing topic 
So I'm going to hard segue us. Walter, what's your fit today? No, dude. I, I think it's totally okay. I'm not going to like steer away from talking about all this stuff. I feel like everybody I admire that uh, like has garnered significant followings are pretty much like cool um, making it clear what their, their stance is. Yeah, I don't think it's okay. I think a lot of what's going on isn't okay. Um, there's a lot of confusion and disarray, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and not to get not to like get into a conversation about like you know political philosophy. That's I, I what, what I'm trying to gear us towards because you know I want to I don't I want this to be an uplifting place for sure. Like I want to share some uplifting vibes, but I was only saying like in regards to the i think the there's a lot to say from the fashion um of the you know like like what are people choosing to wear that do this <laughs> and i feel how do they afford swat gear have you looked up how expensive that stuff is yeah i mean the oh same, my God. but like that's the thing is you have a lot of a bunch of people who don't really buy probably don't really care about their outfits very much and shop at like Target and Kohl's for most of their life. And then all of a sudden they have a reason to buy uh, gear. And so they're gearing up, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that, that makes sense to me. Um, thankfully we didn't see anybody in like acronym or anything that would have been sad. Oh, no. That would have been terrible. But anyway, though. yeah. It's AliExpress. <laughs> Honestly, though, I would have loved if everyone at the coop was wearing like real Yeezys. That would have been hilarious. That would have been pretty. <laughs> well, because Kanye probably supported what's going on. If I'm being honest, no doubt. Yeah, um, yeah, it was rough, man. I just, I, there's a lot of like, yeah. Anyway, I don't want. We don't have to get into like the. I'm not going to get into the conversation about that everybody's talking about right now in regards to like free speech and like people being like Trump being blocked from social media and stuff. I, it'd be too much of a conversation. I feel like for this podcast that where cage and I are trying to get some positive energy, but you know, that's, uh, that stuff is all happening. I think it's important that we at least recognize like, Hey, this is stuff that's weighing on our mental health. It's weighing on like our ability to get together and make, make things. So if it does the same for you, you know, as a listener, like, if all this stuff has been a struggle, then at least it's shared. It's a shared struggle for sure in a way. So Cage and I took a brief digression to dig into uh, more of the politics stuff that we was kind of weighing us down emotionally and mentally that we kind of don't want to put on you guys, at least at this point in, in recording, not so soon. Um, but we're just we're going to sort of change gears and get into some stuff that we just realized we haven't recorded since before Christmas. And so the fact that our last recording was on the 23rd, we released episode on Christmas Eve, we've, you know, gotten our Christmas presents, which, you know, whatever, we had some things that we said we wanted and we're hoping to get or looking forward to Christmas pickups. Let's go. (laughs) Um, And so now that it's after Christmas, we can reflect a little bit. Um, Cage, what were your, you know, what made you the most hyped to receive for Christmas or to end up picking up for yourself? Uh, the most hype thing, I got a pair of Vietnam fatigues already repaired. And mm. uh, this upcoming week, I'm going to drop them off the tailor and get them hemmed a bit because they are, they're bants. They're huge. Yeah, they're long. 
but uh, those are going to be fitting real nice. I'm excited to get those back. Uh, a pack of fresh white T-shirts. Ooh. I'm wearing one of them now. You can never go wrong. Never go wrong with a pack of fresh white tees. True. I just I picked up a pack with uh, after Christmas from Costco. Got a big thing of like six Costco tees. The Kirklands? Yes, sir. Best t-shirts in the game. They are for real. They're pretty long though. They're not boxy, so they don't fit as well like on their own. But they're great for you know tucking in. Oh yeah, they're they're tuckers for sure. Mm-hmm. But and uh, oh, go only p- the final pickup I got myself was a was a huge one. I built a whole new PC for myself. That's right. Oh man, I'm I'm loving it. I have so many frames, <laughs> dude. It's so exciting. There's like few things more exciting than like putting together a new PC. Like yo, putting it together was a breeze. It's setting it up that was so difficult. Did you get like a new processor and stuff too? Yeah, new everything. Everything but hard drives and GPU were swapped. Man, I remember putting together like putting the like actually inserting my processor into my motherboard and setting up coolant and stuff is, mm-hmm. for the first time is so stressful it's so fun but it's like oh i have to do this just right yes dude it's like surgery that's what makes it so enjoyable though and everything ends up like working and powering up i remember the first time it powered up i was so disgusted because all of my components were set to like rainbow rgb and it just looked like unicorn vomit i was like no yeah your mouse so too cool, but it's terrible yeah <laughs> now it's all white and I'm, I'm a happy camper it's it's amazing yeah i love it oh that's great i know i really need i'm gonna like be needing to upgrade my desktop at some point soon like it's all pretty much all seven years old um and it's held up so well because it's like all really great components back then but yeah it's starting to really slow down i i'm out of space i gotta run things on low frames it's rough yeah we were playing apex yesterday you're like oh the updates updates like four gigs i don't know if i got that (laughs) at least not on my solid state drive i'm like running out really running out of room yeah but yeah anyway um dude computer military fatigues that's like that's a great set. Oh, no, I'm, I'm completely stoked. I couldn't ask for anything more. Except for your Ikea stuff, right? Didn't you get your Ikea um, gift cards? Oh, no, they were still... They were, I got Ikea gift cards for sure, but uh, I actually I recently went there and it was all sold out still because people oh. had the same idea as me, which is a bummer. Damn. But soon I'll be your getting plushie? a new set. Oh, my God, yes. The <laughs> Ikea sh- uh, stuffed shark. I, th- I talked about that on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's what I was like. Needed to make sure that we made it clear that oh, you yeah. got it. Oh yeah, he he's been secured. That's he's awesome. amazing. Um, I named him Linus. Ooh, nice. Because you were watching so oh, much yeah. Linus tech tips. I was watching a ton of LTT making the computer, so it's the first <laughs> thing that came to my mind. That makes sense. It's that's a good name for a shark, though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so I got uh very little but basically laura and i like got some gift cards from people that we pulled together to get a new comforter like got a down comforter which is sick yeah we had been sleeping with some pretty lame blankets for a while so that's great like big quality of life improvement um yeah it took me forever to research like picking the right one for the right price whatever um and then my mom copped me i had 
I mentioned that I had one of these Isabel Morant Tilson pants, and I found a pair out there. They retail for like five fifty or something like that. Um, I'd been trying to get them for a couple of years. I posted about this on my Instagram story briefly, but anyway, yeah, I, I they were on Essence like last year sale, um, twenty nineteen for like two fifty, and I was like, oh, it's still a lot. I can't really get them, um, and then. I had almost copped another pair on Grailed for like two something at one point and didn't. And then I saw this pair um, in December on Grailed for like, they were, I think they were 200 when they first got uploaded because there's like a tiny bleach stain on the ankle, which is nothing. And then they went, they continued to go lower and they dropped to like 140, which is such a deal. They're like brand new. So I sent them to my mom, even though it was a grailed listing. I was like, I know that this is a lot. Like, I can go in on it with you, and you don't know how to get stuff off of grailed at all. So I understand if you don't want to cop this for me, but I'm just letting you know that this is, like, what I want the most. And she ended up copying them. Um, Moms find a way. Never underestimate. Yeah, she said she had, like, a great interaction with the person from grailed, too. (laughs) She was, like, a total mom and was like, I'm getting this for my son as a present. that's amazing (laughs) i know so that was honestly the main thing like comforter this pair of um of pants which are is a huge deal to me and then uh the only other thing was i bought a pair of like the these the gloves i said that i wanted um these like carhartt whip scott gloves super super nice they're like 3m gloves um because i didn't really have any and i think that's it that's kind of all i got for christmas nothing like super hyper cool um apart from the pants i mean that is super hype and cool yeah but i'm i'm happy i most of my nice pants are like are all in dark colors or like pretty much black all my cargos are black my undercover cargos that i'm wearing right now are like you know dark brown yeah um taupe and these uh isabel Morant pants are like light green like jade which is pretty sick kind that of, is pretty sick happy i could rock them in summer really easily too um, yeah, me, Walter, and myself went to a, a thrift store very shortly after Christmas. I think right. it was before New Year, and uh, we both got compliments on our pants we got for Christmas. Yeah, we were wearing almost the same clothes. We were both wearing maroon tops and like green bottoms. You had your military fatigues. I might as well Marant pants. You had like a collegiate, uh, like crew neck sweatshirt. I had. Yeah, yeah I know. It's so funny. <laughs> we were twinning hard unintentionally um, but the girl who complimented us on our fits was also rocking a fit so i was like she's pretty good yeah i was like oh hell yeah um Shit. warmed my heart yeah it's so great uh the only other thing i really wanted i mean i really need want some new sneakers but i really want to get more jewelry and accessories and like i'm hoping to be able to pick up some rings soon or something soon um that's kind of the only other thing i I would like to cop though uh soon i mean that's a good cop though those if you pick up like silver or something like that they hold value no doubt yeah and i would only i recommend no one ever gets honestly uh brass jewelry ever (laughs) just not a good idea it's not like i don't like to take off my jewelry i like to be able to sleep with it if i want to take showers do whatever and uh, you can only really do that if you get like straight silver or stainless steel or something or gold, but like, come on. 
Yeah, I had a necklace turn my neck green in the past. Yeah, no thanks. Um, no. Just go on Etsy. You get such sick jewelry on Etsy, you know, like anyone who's listening. If you don't know, like my my necklace is from uh, is from Etsy. It's like handmade by someone. It's super cool. It's pretty unique. Um, there's tons of sick rings on there. Anyway, yeah. I mean, getting like an undercover necklace would be cool, but I can't drop $300 on a necklace all the time, yep. you know? I was on Essence when we were talking yesterday. I was like, ooh, St. Laurent jewelry. <laughs> and then you look at it, you're like, oh, $200 is bad. You start convincing yourself, and then you really, like, stop and look, and it's, like, the tiniest piece of jewelry for $200. Yeah, you actually see it, like, on the model, and it's, like, super, super minuscule. It is microscopic. Yeah. Dependent, and it's $200. There are certain things that I think are worth it. Like, there are these, uh, like, I uh, recently saw these women's watches these cartier uh salvador dali watches and i was like all right this being made well and look and being like you know this this quality of a watch i would love to be able to get something like that for laurel one day those are very old those came out a very long time ago right oh yeah yeah for sure they're they're definitely not new but there's like certain pieces of jewelry that are small and delicate of course that makes sense to me why they're they're worth so much but if you're just getting like some ex- accessory rings and necklaces and stuff, you don't need to spend more than like you know a hundred or two hundred dollars for a piece. Um, There's this watch I saw. I don't remember where, but it was man like ten years ago at this point, and it was a Seiko, mm-hmm. and it it, uh, it had a Japanese face. Like the numbers were in kanji. Oh wow! And it was all silver, and I've never been able to track it down. Hmm. I'm not a watch guy, but that was like one of the very few that caught my interest that weren't $1.3 million. Yeah. I, you know, in terms of watches, my style, and I think that what you might really like in terms of watches too, are like these uh, sort of old military style, like naval watches and stuff that are super cleaner, like uh, pilot watches. Um, Pilot watches. Yeah. They're like, I'm trying to think of a design um like nigel kyborn did a uh like a collaboration with timex and the watches apparently are kind of not great actually like they're pretty low quality they don't actually you can't actually submerge them in water very very deep like even though it's supposed to be like a naval watch <laughs> <laughs> uh but like they're the style is super super clean i'm trying to find one that's like actually looks like really good and not cheap. I was watching an antiques roadshow and there were uh this guy came up with a 1930s 1940s Rolex Submariner like very early on it might not have even been a Submariner but it was their first advertised watch that was water resistant or waterproof mm. and it was never put in water and the guy who was uh he was looking at it the expert he's like thank god you didn't swim in it because they advertised waterproof and it is not it deteriorates everything from the inside dang yeah oh that's rough see that's that's interesting because i had a watch that was um that i won actually i won it through a like at a raffle um Mm -hmm. and it is supposed to be like uh clear to go up to 100 meters deep which is pretty standard yeah um and I, so I wear it like when I wash my hands and stuff. I don't take my watch off every time I wash my hands. But 
it stopped working recently and so i changed the changed the batteries and now it and like it doesn't work anymore so i don't i think it wasn't just the battery i think there's actually like an issue with it <laughs> they have like but yeah these it's like called called a pilot watch but it, like these pilot watches or naval watches like whatever they um that are in that like old school sort of design like very simple i don't know they just yeah. look really good they do look very good. Yeah, I figured you'd like that. I like that a lot. I like that more than most watches I see. I'm not too keen on the the metal band all the way around. I agree. I don't think it looks. Uh, it's it's kind of yeah. It's kind of played out. I mean, if you're if you're classy, then yeah, go for it. If but... you're wearing like a suit or I don't know, then maybe. Yeah. Well, it's tough. Like my dad. Um, used to wear my dad wore so much jewelry he wore mm-hmm. like rings and watches and necklaces like he wore multiple necklaces but he wore gold mostly but he also had like dark skin and black hair you know i feel like gold looks better on like darker skin almost too but i would agree with that. yeah he and it, it it did look good on him anytime i've put on any of his old jewelry it looks so strange on me it looks very like gaudy and weird and he also had like thicker fingers and stuff too. Um, but his, yeah, he wore all different kinds of watches. Um, lots of ones with like metal bands, silver and gold. And while they are really cool, I, yeah, for some reason, a metal band watch just, I can't really do it unless it was like a Rolex or something, but still. Would then, you buy a Rolex one day? Well, the funny thing is like my dad had Rolexes and like we sold them to like pay the bills and stuff when we, after he passed away. Um, and like we sold a couple of them for a lot and they, it helped, uh, it helped us a bunch, mm-hmm. but I don't know after I had them and everything, I don't know. I mean like what, at what point in my life am I going to be like, Oh yeah, I, I can cop a $12,000 watch. Hmm. I think Felix in one of his old videos, PewDiePie, he he bought his first nice watch when he got engaged because usually they're for occasions to remember. Mm. And he bought one of the cheaper Rolexes. I think he said he paid like five, six thousand dollars. It's crazy to say that's a cheaper one, but you know how exponential the prices can go. Yeah. And he was saying it's crazy knowing that you're gonna have this until you die and you'll never need another one. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I feel that way about, there are a lot of things I feel that way um, about, you know, uh, like in regards to clothing and accessories and stuff The like, there are a lot of clothes that, uh, or just pieces that I would buy because I know that it has longevity, that it's actually worth it. But still you can buy a, a, <laughs> uh, a lot of watches that will last you forever that are very cheap still. Um, oh yeah so it's tough like my dad loved watches a ton like literally collected watches and so over a long period of time and we sold one of his watches after he passed for like 12 grand so and it was an old rolex and so we and it was it was super cool i didn't appreciate it i was in middle school i didn't know like you know and we really needed that money we couldn't just hang on to that watch that no one was gonna wear but you know he had had those watches for a lot of his life, so it, they are super cool. I'm a huge fan. I would love to have things that I could leave behind that are worth value for like Ari or whoever. Um, 
but luckily I have taste that is probably flexible enough that Ari could wear some things that, that I choose to wear, to be honest, which is kind of cool. It's, it's crazy because I'm getting to that point as well. In the previous episode, we talked about New Year's resolutions, and I was saying I wanted to downsize my closet. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm actually working on it. I, I bought some bins from Costco. I'm going nice. to store a bunch of stuff and get rid of a bunch of stuff. And I was thinking, like, my siblings are getting to the age where they can wear my stuff. Oh, like, true. all of it. So t-shirts and things like that, like, I can't get rid of all of it because I can just pass it down and see my little homies wearing it. It's amazing. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, that's true. If there's anything that you really like that you don't really feel like is worth selling, then that makes total sense. Well, I have, like, old Kanye t-shirts that I know I could probably get, like, True. Yeah, 60 bucks but like i'd rather see my little brother wearing that to like Yo. his boy scouts like that's insane yeah that would be cool you're right yeah that would be awesome i would love that like, i'd rather see that than a little bit higher of a paypal balance yeah so if i would just then just get rid of the things that you know don't really um that you, wouldn't be cool for them yeah you know oh yeah but yeah that's that's a that's smart i like that a lot I'm so stoked. I know. I'm hoping to save things. Like, the thing is, I don't know. Most of my clothes, I don't know. When Ari's in high school or something, I would definitely let her rock. Like, because think this is this is the thing I think about. Like right now, this like Akira shirt that I got that like we both have from Opan. Most people mm-hmm. are like, oh yeah, that's like an Akira shirt. It's cool, but they got it from someone on Instagram. It's not like an original Akira shirt from the '80s, from like the no. '90s. You know, no. Um, but when by the time Ari's in high school, uh, in you know whatever fifteen years, fourteen years, if she rocks that shirt to school like oversized, people it will look sick. It'll look insane. <laughs> It'll dude. look so cool, and no one will like even give a thought to the where it, like the fact that it was from like an Instagram page, especially because it's not like Gildan. It's actually a pretty solid T-shirt. So oh, like, it's nice. That sort it's of real stuff. Nice. Exactly. That sort of stuff is super cool. That makes me happy to think about. Um, and especially like some things that are hype now or that, you know, don't have certain status now at one point still might. So, yeah. Anyway. I love the acceptance of like anime and nerd culture as a whole. I love it, dude. It's so sick to see. I love that it's grown so much. I think hip hop has a lot to do with uh, the growth of like acceptance for anime and stuff as well, honestly. Really? Um, yeah. I think like a lot of hip, like, and like, I guess people in media in general, but there's been so many rappers and I mean, and, you know, musicians in general and actors and stuff that have talked about their appreciation for anime and video games and stuff i feel like that's done a lot for the advancing acceptance of those things oh a ton like think about how many rappers are 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 really open or musicians are really open about loving certain anime like that's huge it's so cool to see it yeah it's just it's just crazy seeing like i don't know new york post or something like that post an article talking about new attack on titan season coming out are you excited yeah i know Come check out so our cool. finance blog when you're done reading this once what? <laughs> what are you talking about that's weird yeah that's cool though that does make me happy i actually need to catch up on the new attack on titan season me too i haven't started <laughs> i i watched the first two episodes um oh the new season yeah 
How was it? Good. They have like a new production studio or a new animation studio. So it's a little different. They are like, they shade characters differently and do some things. And it's, they do make it a little hard to follow. I think like, but it it is, it's a slow anime, but I've, Attack on Titan was one of the things that helped ease me out, among other things, ease me out of just watching shonen anime, I think. Um, Like, obviously there's precursors like Death Note and stuff like that, even though in a way that Death Note is kind of like a shonen um because it follows like you know two young boys in a way but it's like yeah i don't know i'm I'm trying to diversify attack on titans nice nice and a mixture between very slow and you know about the writing and very action-packed and about the gore which is great yeah it's very slow and deliberate i like that they don't censor gore at all they're like no dude this is worse like you're, you're gonna see it how it is yeah exactly but yeah so i thought that it would be nice to take a moment to just talk about like, all right, here's like some specific song recommendations or art recommendations or whatever um, that might be nice for people to check out, go listen to, or um, take a little bit. So I'll, I'll start just to lay out the way I've been sort of thinking about it. Um, In the last, I guess, couple of weeks since we recorded, I've been listening to a ton of music. Um, but my vibes have been kind of all over the place. So I, I don't know what necessarily you would call the the genres that I've been listening to the most. I've been posting songs on my, pri- my personal Instagram about it, but lately I have been looking at tons of uh, a lot more visual art as well. I think I've been trying to get into my most creative space is always uh, a multimedia sort of. Uh, headspace where I'm like putting together sounds and visuals and stuff all in, all in one, right? And so there's a lot of really really cool artists I've been following on Instagram um, that are like paintings. And I started following a lot more uh, museums and art galleries that have been sharing paintings and stuff like that, which has been making like I don't know for some reason bringing me a lot of um, a lot of joy or has been, I don't know, inspiring some things. So, um, all right, a few paint, a few like pieces of art that I've been really into. I really have liked, and I guess forgot about the um, Edward Munch painting because he does, has the Scream painting, but he also has one called Despair. And it is uh, essentially the same thing. It's like on the bridge, except it's just like sad boy. <laughs> I DM'd it to you on Instagram so you could see it too. For some reason, I love that it exists uh, because I forget that the the screen one exists. I almost feel like this is a pr- almost more primary piece um, or like they have to be paired together for me in a way now that I've seen both of them. I love that. That's so much more. I feel like it brings more emotion than the scream. Right. But it's they almost like go they, they go so well together also. Um, so yeah, that's, that's like one painting that's been sticking out to me a lot. There's also a cool Instagram page that's run by this, um, person in Belgium that I've been sharing a lot of stuff from. It's just like a mental health page, but it's just, the page is just beaming.design or at beaming.design. It's pretty cool. Um, they just post lots of these, they make lots of visuals for just talking about like being and mental health. And so anyway, that, that's been a vibe for me. Yo, being is hard. 
<laughs> it's kind of difficult sometimes. Yo, it do be kind of difficult. Um, and then there's a, a few different painters. I guess one that I'll plug today is this Danish painter uh, who's Christ, or Kirsten Schroeder makes these really cool like multimedia or like these textured paintings. Um, for some reason, they just remind me of like a Rick Owens, like Poel color palette. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> I, I vibe with it. Um, so black. Uh, yeah, it's all like black. these neutrals. Um, and and for some reason, it they're, everything like looks almost cross-stitched like they're like it like fabric. Ooh. And because they're paintings, it's just that's like I, I like to see those sort of connections. So I think her yeah, her IG is Schroeder underscore Kirsten. It's pretty sick. Um and then music. Boy. Uh I have been listening to <laughs> Boy. Uh I have been listening to Jeez, what should I what do I even feel comfortable talking about? Um I don't know, some random things, uh, songs that have been on my mind. I sent you one the other day, the song that's called Some of My Cares by The Long Faces has been like a vibe for me. Um, I don't know, it's like very dreamy and euphoric, so it's been chill to listen to. Um, I also really like um, a few songs by, these are ba bands that I'm literally just being introduced to for the first time, uh, Indigo De Souza, like, has some bang cool bangers had never heard of her until like the last few weeks um let's see yeah there's a bunch <laughs> uh I'll, I'll i'm i'm gonna put together a few playlists i think that i will put on the podcast for people to to check out to see the sort of music because i like i love listening to hip-hop of course and r&b like modern r&b i heard someone say post blonde r&b the other day as a genre oh my <laughs> god that's a thing <laughs> yeah someone said that um that's the turning point in r&b <laughs> for some people apparently for a certain generation i mean i get it but wow <laughs> wow um, but i don't know lately i've been listening to a lot uh there's a song that's called live well by palace a, a, a band called palace that's a very uplifting nice vibe that's kind of nice um and then there was yeah, anyway, there's a bunch. I have a, like, I'm just saving new music constantly, and I'm always looking for new bands to listen to um, and, like, n groups that I haven't heard of. So that's kind of my jam is to find things, like, new, new stuff um, as much as possible. Not new in terms of new, uh, like, it just came out, but new to me. You got to expand the music base, man. You talked about this for the, uh, the spot when we talked about Spotify rap. You're always doing that. I love that. Exactly. But it's, I think it's good to stay grounded and listen to the same things too, you know, regularly, but it gets old though. It gets so old. Yeah. You can only play a song so many times before you, you murder it mentally. It's just over. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also, I just would recommend anybody just back to like the art, you know, uh, Instagram thing follow some really cool contemporary art galleries and stuff um like on instagram it, because literally most of them just share pictures of art and i think it's a really great way to just have things that are positive on your timeline or creative is like if you follow enough things that are only going to be posting like art then it breaks up the 
I think monotony monotony of your timeline a little bit, which is kind of sick. Um, 100%. Timelines can get very, very stale. Yeah, yeah. And if I see some things that are like inspiring to me, and all of a sudden I, it actually makes me think about getting off Instagram, that's ideal. That's a win. That right there is a win. It's a huge win. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I actually have a couple things along the same vein as you. I have a Twitter page I'd like to well, give a little more exposure to because it's very inspiring to me. Mm. It's at uh, sad, S-A-D, Horro, H-O-R-R-O. Okay. And it's just a page who posts nothing but design and animation. That's it. Mm. It's about 50-50 between like, classic traditional very popular animation some manga and the other 50 percent is independent artists and i think it's incredible that he gives them all exposure and credits in the comments and there's some there's some things i've saved so much from this page it just brings me joy and inspiration hmm. um love that I, I think it's really cool to check out and i like that they give credits it's not just a mood board yeah but which is the hardest part about starting a mood board is having to credit do it right and credit everybody you find your stuff from that's hard yeah i i have a mood board page myself and i haven't given any credit because a lot of times i don't see credit it's like hey here's a picture i found on reddit exactly reposted from 20 other blogs and the original was like 15 years ago and impossible to track down like yeah. it's so hard I know. but this guy does it and it's very inspiring um creepy weird dark but inspiring that's cool i love that and on the music vein, while we were talking about making podcasts, I just recently finished one that I love. I called it Black Glitter, and I actually used the photo from Sad Horo on it. Nice, nice. <laughs> it's pretty sick. Um, the first song I'd recommend is Calcium by Mimi Death. Mm -hmm. That will give you a good insight. Oh, yeah, into you, you sent that to me the other day. That's right. That's a good insight into what the playlist is all about if, if you're not into it you won't like the rest of it but uh <laughs> it's a trip i'm like i this is a i feel like your your cover photo for that playlist is so apt to the <laughs> feeling of the playlist it's super yeah it's so abstract and weird yeah i'm all about that this is a very like uh this is like a you're playing with like a lot of different no like noises do you know oh, what yeah. i mean very abstract frequencies of sound coming yes. out of this playlist yeah very non-traditional but we were talking about this the other night when you sent it to me just because it's like i i really like to be able to find things that i can appreciate even if it's not my current vibe you know oh yeah and so i'm like next time we like game together or something i will be i'll put this on and like i'm sure it'll slap to that and I have two more songs that I'd be remiss if I didn't recommend. One of them is called Lemonade by a band called Dwellings, which I recently found. Okay. Also not your recent vibe. It's more metal, hard rock, I don't know. Okay. It's just so good, though. And then, of course, I have to recommend a Doom, mm. Doom track. I'm going to recommend uh, Rock Cocaine Flow by De La Soul featuring MF Doom. Hell yeah. Because you won't find it if you just search MF Doom and go to his Spotify page. Yeah, man. It, he, he does have such a lot. I mean, he has so many 
so many lyrics, like verses. Uh, obviously, has made so much music, but that is like a really good one. And ends with De La Soul. It's oh yeah, you get that like sample of some old school De La Soul on there as well. You can't go wrong at all. Yeah, at all. Yo, love it. Yo, have you been have you been watching anything recently? <sighs> Just Attack on Titan, uh, and then the, and that's pretty much it. I haven't had I haven't had time to watch things. Honestly, I've been watching like streams and stuff, but it's kind of yeah, it. yeah. I wish I could I mean, say I did. I don't either. I the only thing I did was uh, I finished Mandalorian season two. Oh, nice! I haven't seen any of it. It's really good if you're into Star Wars. Yeah, and it gets it just it's all good. There's no lulls, but uh, no filler episodes. If, yeah, if you don't buy into the whole Star Wars thing, then it's just another show. For sure. Yeah, I, it just, I think that it would, it'll trigger nostalgia for me, which will make me into it. Because that's most of my connection with Star Wars is like nostalgia, because I did watch it when I was younger. Same here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and then there, here's like another topic. I we, These are probably going to be split up a little bit, but we were taught, we just were talking about like, interdisciplinary art or like things that take place across mediums and so i wanted to bring up i mentioned that i had some rick stuff to talk about um and so i wanted to bring up rick's uh or i wanted to bring up michelle lamy who is rick owens partner or who's partners with rick owens um obviously people have like found it to be an odd pairing um because uh, Michelle Lamy is like a pretty, uh, she is, has a striking appearance <laughs> and like has for a long time. And she's like, you know, over 20 years older than him. She's like in her seventies. Um, or I think she's like at just about 20 years older and Rick Owens is in his fifties and she, but yo, I was doing some research into her and am blown away. So when, uh, Michelle Lemieux was younger. Like, not only did she do really cool things, like she ran, I believe she had her own bar for a long time, a restaurant for a long time, and yeah. it was like it was a really apparently incredibly inspiring space, and you know was like you know running her own business while also doing lots of creative stuff on the side. But when she was in school in Paris, she studied with. Uh, Giles Deleuze who is one of my like who is a just one of the most famous philosophers of the last hundred years um, and is one of like one just it, like that it just blows me away that that connection exists like if you you don't study you know English or philosophy you know Deleuze like Giles Deleuze probably doesn't mean anything to you but you could look up like Deleuze and Guattari their book A Thousand Plateaus is probably the most famous one um, it's, it's very difficult to read if you don't have an academic background. It's pretty exclusive. There's lots of like obscure references, lots of, it, it, it's, it reads almost more like poetry. It's easier to read if you think of it as poetry, I think. Um, but not, not saying I have a huge allegiance to Deleuze's thoughts, but mm -hmm. I am very impressed and like, and love reading Deleuze. Um, and like to have studied with Deleuze is an insane thing. Like it would be like saying you studied with Kant, like, or some, or Immanuel Kant or something like that, um, a hundred years ago, you know, it's like, 
uh, it's just in a really insane thing. So for me to love fashion and to like Rick Owens and to also love philosophy and love Deleuze and to see that there's a, a real actual like connection there blew my mind. Like I just find it to be so, so, so cool. That's um, incredible. Yeah. Uh, it, Cause in, in my mind, it also changes like my perspective on the fashion that's involved because it makes me wonder um, to what extent these sorts of philosophical thoughts are actually, you know, and theories are weighing on how they're thinking about clothes and putting things together, you know, like, um, you, because I always wonder how actually involved in these conversations of like academic, you know, these different academic conversations, these different clothing designers and stuff are, because I see it as an art that I would study just the same as literature or a, a painting or anything that I might write about in an essay. Um, and in fact, like one of the first essays that I ever wrote in graduate school was talking about fashion and talking about the ways in which fashion and making a sort of, it was a lame connection to make back then, or I did it poorly, but talking about the ways in which fashion and ideas and trends trickle down from you know high fashion and the and the runway to like the street and to the way that people actually dress and comparing that to the state of the humanities and talking about the way that like thoughts among professors and academics end up finding their way into the classroom and into like the you know like young educated thought patterns and stuff like that that's an interesting correlation to make though what's the like did you establish a timeline difference between the two trickle downs? Well, yeah, I was sort of just at, at the time I was trying to actually critique the humanities a little bit because uh, the state of the humanities, you know, that being like English departments and everything, because as you can see, I mean, I think with most people that pick up like an academic philosophy book, it's kind of like, all right, I this is too dense for me. There's too much jargon. I'm not really like getting much out of this. Um, and the, and most academic writers sort of expect it to be that way and they don't want it to be easily readable. And a lot of academic writers would even say like, well, you don't expect that you can pick up a nuclear physics book and just understand it. Right. So like, because it's a, it's a, you know, it, they require just as much education to get to their point of, you know, their status as an academic philosopher in the humanities. So why shouldn't we have just as specific and refined, of a vocabulary when we're talking about our stuff. But the difference is like, we're actually, I think as teachers of English and philosophy, trying to get students to get on board and actually understand it and these thoughts to actually be beneficial to them. Like if we actually wanna share the art that we are trying to write about with the world or make or give it a life, then it can't. we can't talk about it in ways that aren't interesting to anybody. Um, I mean, there's a level of education needed before yeah. appreciating runway shows and things like that. Yeah, but that's the thing. Exactly. It's like, so on a runway, if someone wears a full suit of ground beef, then like, what is, what are, what's someone who rocks fast fashion every day and doesn't even know that that's a problem thinking about that? And then like, it's a meme. Exactly. You remember how hard Rick Owens runways were memed two years in a row. Yes. First one was the was the girls body strapped to each other upside down. Yes. 
<laughs> and the second one was the the pillowcase with holes. <laughs> Two years in a row, the internet blew up. Yeah, and there's still so many that like didn't get memed that could have been. Um, oh, hundred percent, hilarious. But it's like, so it's like, are we supposed to laugh even if we know everything, or we get that there's like a metaphor? Um, I mean, like we're supposed to see something. I think in that, uh, in like these runway shows, we're supposed to see some sort of some message, some like uh, vision, at least, of course. Yeah. And so, you know, are we actually repelling people from designer fashion or from, you know, artisanal fashion by doing runway shows that are just meme, like meme worthy? Or in some way, are they, what way are they actually impacting how people are dressing and choosing to dress? Um, and you know, should runway shows be easily more easily communicable to the common public, or no? Or is it meant to be a thing that is like an elite, you know, a, a, a place for the elite to brainstorm and like have some intellectual masturbation around the things that they enjoy? Because like, I would love to go to a runway show and see a bunch of weird shit and be just engulfed in the weirdness. But yeah, I don't think I don't think you need to accept anything you're seeing. It's just how it influences you. Mm. Yeah, you can laugh if you think something's funny. Yeah, you can think it's ugly. That's not the point of it. The point is clothes are very consumable. You burn through them. And I think the moment of a fashion show is it's an art installation is what it is. Yeah, it's the moment like and what you feel is what you're supposed to get out of it. Yeah. Exactly. I think that it's, it's, we have that we can have this conversation, I think around like any like sort of art artistic medium, you know, cause I think about like plays and musicals. Like, yeah, I remember my dad hated musicals and he like, just didn't like there being songs. He loved music, but he just didn't like songs in his movies. And I think that he had a very difficult life. And so for him, like his experience was that most music that's in a movie is going to be kind of lame or kitsch or cliche and i think that that's probably largely true like that is largely true for like maybe mainstream musicals not like hamilton and stuff but i think that a lot of the time music is supposed to be conveying the emo like the emotional resonance of a situation or the circumstances of characters in the movie or play yeah it's supposed to be like communicating that in a way beyond the the words themselves right it's like okay here's a moment of depression so like we want to convey to you a sincere like the vibe of be what it's like to be this character more than just tell you about it and so you can feel it in the music right or yeah. they're in love so let's feel in love so but i think for him he it was like all right well what about all these intensely dark deep horrifying emotions i never feel like I'm seeing the the realness of these kinds of emotions in a musical. Um, but that's just because maybe you're not seeing innovative enough musicals, right? Like yeah. if you they're like I think if someone listens to enough, you know, if you go and listen to daughters, then like you of course understand that <laughs> the depths of anxiety can be found in music too. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it just it we can have this conversation, I think, in like any genre, but it really makes me think about with clothes, with um, with any of these things, like you know what the the elite circles that are the like thought machines for the you know these these different like I don't know the 
what is like the genesis of like a, a new creative idea? Does it, does everyone see it and recognize it as good or anyway, it's like, I can rant about it forever. <laughs> um, I don't want to digress any, anymore, but all of this stuff was just spawned for me thinking about Michelle and me working with Deleuze and the fact that there is this like person who has this really extraordinary life that's like, you know, also scares a lot of people away and confuses a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it, it's so intertwined. Yeah. That's something I actually learned about when I was writing that Raph Simmons paper. Because every person he encountered and worked with through the years are now like prolific designers in every category. Mm, interesting. Even down to his his very short uh, internship designing furniture. Like yeah. they're still around. They're still big. And uh, Walter Van Buren, that guy. Yeah, it's hard to pronounce his name. <laughs> very hard. Yeah. Like that's who that's who inspired Raph Simmons to get into fashion. It's because he took. Uh, raft to a Mason Margellis show. Yeah. And it's just insane that all these things coincide with each other. And it's, it's not as, it's not as large and spread out as we think they're all inter intertwined and interconnected. Yeah. I think that, and that's the reason why, like, it's important, you know, when I was talking to my students about why it might be important to read like philosophy or something, when it's like, why are, is any of this stuff interesting? It's like, well, actually like we talk about the ways that thoughts like might not trickle down but run across to one another like how philosophy and fashion and architecture might intersect or whatever um you know and furniture like how do these things all, all these things end up coming to to exist in the same space music everything why do they all have to be why you know does a a runway show about clothes why do we care so much about the music that's playing the way that it the the space is decorated the time yeah. of day that it happens, like all of those things are part of this vision, right? So mm -hmm. it's like we, I not like I feel like I personally can't be creative without um, thinking across medium like that too. Oh, I completely agree. It's not so finite like that. Yeah, like you said, there's thought that goes into every aspect of it, and inspiration can come from many different places, which results in multimedia ideas yeah i think and i i um and i've been thinking a lot lately i think that inspiration i i often think about inspiration as coming from encountering things that are like unknown to me in some way mm -hmm. um or like i feel i get artistically inspired when i have new experiences um or you know whatever that means uh, even trying something new for the first time or just putting myself into a position that maybe I feel uncomfortable in. And mm -hmm. so, but it's so, it's been so hard to do that during quarantine for sure. You know, like, so I think that trying to find ways to have new experiences and encounter the unknown to be inspired, it's how does one figure that out when they only really have like the space of their home and their like mind and the internet. <laughs> um, it's like, I th think a lot of us are super thirsty for new stuff. So maybe that, oh, yes. that gives credence to our, our podcast too. There's actually something I, re I read recently about, well, I was looking into the Mandalorian after I finished it and John Favreau is a very interesting person. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he was quoted saying, which I, I loved was a lot of people, when they want to make a Star Wars-esque movie, they're inspired by the Star Wars movies. But 
he took time to be inspired by what inspired George Lucas to create the movies. Mm -hmm. So instead of just attempting to be inspired and copycat something, he went to the root of it for inspiration and it's acclaimed. There's nothing bad you can really say about the Mandalorian unless I don't know you're nitpicking, but overall it's critically acclaimed and that inspiration to start it all off. I, I thought that was an incredible thought process to even have. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. I even remember listening to like Tyler, the creator talking years ago when he was still making like not as inspired music as he is now. Like he was still talking about what he listens to Mm -hmm. to get inspired. And he was like, Oh, I listen to like French jazz and like old (laughs) R and B, you know? And it's like, that makes me happy. Um, That makes me really, really happy because you can't just stay within like the universe of the known to do something new. <laughs> like I guess yeah. you can, but um, it's like, yeah, you have to be anxiety is generative in that sort of way, like um, and is important. So maybe that's why some people have been really creative during quarantine is just the wealth of anxiety. Tyler, the creator's first two songs he ever released, in my opinion, were some of the most inspired things I've ever mm-hmm. heard. That's true. That's true. I didn't mean to say his music wasn't inspired before. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. It's just that he's he's cohered his inspirations into such like a clear vision at this point, I feel like. It's a, it's incredible. Yeah. Talk talk about a, a growth. Definitely. But it's like that that connection, you know? So it you hear you would hear like rappers getting um like lambasted back in the day for not like referencing their favorite rappers. <laughs> right um, yeah. but it just depends if they're saying like oh i just don't care about music in general and i just create the music i want that's like such a i don't know what lil yaddy i remember got in trouble for saying some stuff like that he's like i don't really listen to like rap or music at all i just make music, whatever um this was forever ago but uh when people are talking bad about mumble rap um but low boat <laughs> but i think that if i hear someone say that oh well like for some reason, I never really listened to rap, but I listened to all these other genres and these different art forms. And what comes out of me is rap music still. That is more like that's compelling to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Um, shoot. I don't know. I was just like so into I, I can't tell you how much I was nerding out when I was reading that about Rick Owens wife. It was just that's that's incredible. Yeah. What made you want to uh, look up Rick Owens' wife in the first place? Just because I see so many pictures of them all over the place, and I'm still just like, bruh. Like, I love her. She's the goth queen. I know. I know. She's just kind of scary. It, she it, is scary. I mean, it's like in a, go- in a good, cool way. Like, I love scary. But, like, I mean, she and she's had just like her, her she was so unique looking. I mean, so is Rick Owens. He's got a commanding presence. Definitely, yeah. I, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things. Like, apparently, he's a very nice guy, just a very genuine, down to earth person. But if you saw him at like the bar or something, he looks like he belongs in the subreddit, like Final Bosses or something. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I find it interesting that there's so many designers who are so influential in, you know, how we talk about appearance who have who aren't the most attractive like classically attractive people yeah you know like 
Rick Owens has very thin hair and like a, and he has like a, a really asymmetrical bone structure and like a really bad hairline just like me <laughs> but like none of it matters at all he, he's still daddy yeah. like he will always be daddy yeah and like i think that it's that communicates more than anything like conf- the importance of confidence right like the importance of uh you know, just like liking yourself, <laughs> um, like because his partner too. It's like there's something that I'm sure. Who am I to say that what the dynamic of their relationship is like? I can't. I can't speak to it at all, and wouldn't even begin to. But like, I don't know. I mean, like she's obviously like a amused to him in a in a myriad of ways. Like, but, yeah. But she like I don't know. You know, I think it is sick. Like her fingers are all tapped are all blacked out she had, like that like black line down her face like she was always wearing like the the grills and stuff like i love the grills dude i know it's intense she's so sick and they're like their outfits are cool but she looks like his mom like she feels like his mom almost i feel like it because i believe that they met and she in a way sort of inspired him to um to pursue the you know fashion in the way that he has uh, she seen apparently is like manic, like constantly creating, constantly doing things, like constantly throwing parties. Like is just a busy, busy person. Like has to be moving and inspired, like inspired all the time. And I feel like that probably weighed really heavily on Rick's own like creative um, ambitions. You know, and that's why it works out so much. He's like, I can't take it. A third party in a row. I need to. I need to work <laughs> out to just think through this. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm li- I'm just like scrolling through pictures of them right now. It's just craziness. Oh, I posted two pictures in our ideas channel. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> yes, I've seen I've seen the second picture where Jared Leto sees the guy wearing the coat on the runway and he's like, I must own this. I love that picture. Me too. But the first one, I have a story with that. Oh yeah, Rick Owens so... on the uh like bird scooter or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So he wasn't actually on the scooter. It's it's just a really good Photoshop. Oh, okay. But oh, I forgot who it was. DeVille. I follow him on Instagram. His name is BTCH. Mm-hmm. And apparently one of his friends from Grail that he works with was having dinner with Rick Owens. And uh, he, sh- he showed Rick Owens this picture, this meme. <laughs> And Rick Owens' response was, "This is so funny. I need to sell. I need to send it to Michelle." <laughs> and I thought that was so wholesome. They just like sent memes back and forth. Oh, that's great. I love that so much. I mean, it does seem like they, like from what I just read, Rick Owens talking about her a little bit, and you know, he was just clearly so inspired. He's just so inspired by her presence in his life. It seems. Um, that's incredible yeah it makes me happy there's a there's also like a video on youtube of them like talking with each other and it's it's cute to see as well Um, oh i gotta check that out i know i think she worked for him actually that's how they met really yeah like he was like working for her uh either like at her restaurant or something huh yeah i know it's craziness and he was like actually i couldn't really understand her at first because her accent was so strong (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. i get that it's she cool. is mentally and physically hard to understand yeah 
But anyway, it's cool. Rick Owens seems like the type of person who would be more drawn to someone's like, like truly more drawn to what what somebody offers in like an intellectually stimulating, creatively stimulating relationship than anything else. Like I feel like that, you know, he just seems like that that type of person for sure. Oh, well, it, re- it reflects in what he puts out because to normal people, like ninety percent of what he creates is not, I'll say mentally appetizing you know yeah yeah um but okay well i think that that's like gonna it's nice that we were able to get back together and like do this um i'm sure we'll do an in-person episode at some point here too but we i think are just grateful to be back on schedule and not abandoning the podcast because we had two difficult very difficult uh weeks after the holidays yes um but we're we're excited to get back into we've had like regular the same regular listeners if you're one of the people that have been like listening to multiple episodes or coming back and listening you know weekly that's awesome um to you definitely like that's so appreciated um anyone you know if like recommend it to somebody if you think they'd be interested too of course but we are like uh, trying to get better, I think, at posting on the page and giving updates. I feel so bad that I didn't post updates on the page during these last two weeks. Like, here's where we are at. Like, here's why we haven't posted an episode. Here's cool things that we're listening to regardless. I think we'll get better at doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the holidays, if they're gone, we're good. I think both of us are coming into a new stage of positive mental health. It was just a minute there we needed to recharge. Yeah, I mean, the end of a very insane year. Um, anybody who was listening to our podcast amidst all of that, like, you a real one. <laughs> uh, for real. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we're. I think we're going to end it here for today. Thank you guys so much for, for listening. Um, or I, I say guys as, like, a Midwestern thing. I hate it. I hate using – I'm trying to get rid of all my, like, gendered terms, but I've been struggling. Just say y'all. Y'all is gender neutral. I know. It, it really is. It's just like, Thanks, people be like you're, not, you, you're not Southern. Um, but for real, I'm I'm grateful for anybody who kind of messes with, with us and the podcast and just who wants to live a more, you know, uh, creative existence uh, and cares more about having their creative artistic experience than their, um, I don't know, whatever normative one is. But... Anyway, man, anything you want to say to the people? Uh, If you went through a lull mentally after the holidays, just give yourself some grace. Give yourself some time to recharge. Mm -hmm. Don't get down on yourself. If you do nothing for a couple days, don't want to talk to anybody, that's fine. You need to listen to what your body's telling you mentally and physically and just get yourself right for this new year. Yeah. Let's do it. Don't judge the way that you're, your feelings, you know, try to understand them, be curious about them. They probably make more sense than you think. A hundred percent. No doubt. Well, thank you everybody so much again. And we will hopefully talk to you next week. All plans of course are that we will. Um, yes. and next week we're going to be talking about, uh, collabs and drops and stuff that are coming out in the new year that we're looking forward to. And so hopefully maybe we can even put you on to some things to look forward to as well. Uh, but feel free to, in the meantime, send us anything that uh, has been, I don't know, helping you over the holidays, music that you've been listening to or art that's been helping out, uh, or even things that are inspiring you for the new year. Like we'd love yes. to share in that too. We would love to check it out. Absolutely. 
All right. Well, thank you uh, again. Uh, this has been Peace by Peace podcast. Have a great rest of your week.